On this episode, I'm in the room talking about the future of the podcast and my upcoming ministry transition. Welcome to In the Room, episode number 51. I'm your host, Ryan Hughley, and I'd love to stay connected online, so visit my blog at ryanhughley.com to find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This episode's going to be a little bit different in that I'm the one in the room discussing the first year of the podcast, uh, talking about the future of where we're headed, and also my personal upcoming ministry transition. Last week, I sat down with Scott Holthouse, who, if you don't know, has covered the engineering end of In the Room the last year, and we spent some time talking about why we started the podcast, what we've learned and where we're headed. It was fun being on the other end of the conversation. And as always, I hope you find this helpful. So get comfortable and come on in the room. All right. Well, we are, the tables have turned and now Ryan, you are in the room. I and, am. Uh, you're on the opposite side and I get the chance to, uh, yeah, to ask you some questions to kind of hear some of, uh, uh, of where in the room came from, where it's been and, and talk about a little bit of, of where it's going. But awesome. one of the things that I've loved, uh, I think in every episode, but you started, um, you've always kicked it off by asking the person. So tell me about your background. Uh, where'd you grow up? Kind of how, how did you get to where you are now? And so I think that would be great for people to hear from you. So yeah, where'd you grow up? Did you grow up in a, in a believing home? Did you grow up with, um, you know, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. I was born in, uh, Corvallis, Oregon. So from the West coast originally, um, my biological dad left when I was three and, um, like full blown split on our, my brother and my mom and I, so didn't have a relationship with him growing up. He came back into the picture when I was five. My mom had, uh, um, moved us to my brother and I to Northern California where my grandfather lived. I got an ear infection when I was three years old. My mom took me to this little ER in this small town that we were living in. And the, uh, ER doc that she met, she apparently really hit it off with because they ended up getting married when I was five, which I got to believe that's like, that might be like every single mom's dream. It's, it's a, definitely a rom-com <laughs> for sure. It's the making of every romantic comedy ever. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, they got married when I was five and, uh, my biological dad signed off on, uh, the adoption of my brother and I. So he actually, my dad, Glenn Hughley adopted my brother and I, I was five. That's Dane, awesome. my uh, younger brother was three and, uh, he's just, uh, an amazing example of Jesus. You know, I, I've said before publicly, I don't remember very many nights going to bed where I didn't go in to say goodnight to him and he wasn't reading his Bible. My mom was involved in, uh, children's ministry, the vast majority of my life and, um, godly strong. I'm very, I've got a lot of, a lot of the good characteristics that I have are from my mom for sure. Um, so they got married when I was five in Northern California. My dad joined, rejoined the air force at that point. And so that kind of started us moving all over the place. We lived in South Dakota for a few years and then we were stationed in Virginia. And then we went back to uh, South Dakota for high school. Okay. And so I went to a uh, private Christian high school in Rapid City, South Dakota. <clears throat> I came to faith young. Um, I, I always explain that my, I, I didn't have a, it was probably six, seven years old when I really heard and understood the gospel for the first time as much as you can as a six, seven year old. Yeah. And uh, it was a Sunday night. I remember 
Little Assemblies of God Church. Pastor was up there. He shared the gospel, talked about sin or need to repent. So I kind of old school came down the the, the center aisle, yeah. knelt at the front, prayed with a pastor. And um, since that time, I think there's just been a maturing. Um, God's been very faithful to me, even when I haven't been faithful to him. Mm. But I uh, went to Christian school my whole life, uh, which for the most part for me was a blessing. Um, but ended up out here in Chicago in 99, I got recruited to play football, uh, in at Trinity. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think Trinity was the only school that would accept me because of my grades (laughs) at the time. And, uh, so I ended up here, met a church planter who was planting a church and, uh, ended up joining a core. Didn't know churches got planted. I had never crossed my mind up to that point that new churches were being started. So started hanging, excuse me, hanging out of this church plant there was like 15 people meeting in a living room. Mm. I was there for five years and God really used that to light a fire in my heart for church planting. Um, was a worship leader through that, uh, met my wife, Tammy. Um, during that time we got married in 2005. A week later, I started my first full-time ministry position, uh, at another church out here in the suburbs of Chicago as worship pastor, as a worship pastor and was there for three years until that church closed and uh, we'd been praying with you and Beck mm-hmm. and a handful of friends about planting a church for a couple years prior to that and, and decided since I didn't have a job, that was God's leading. It was a good sign. <laughs> Now's the time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we planted redemption out of that with about nine people out of that church that closed. And uh, yeah, we started with 15 people in a living room and here we are seven years later. Yeah. And uh, I think we've had five, six locations in seven years and tabernacled all over the Northwest suburbs. Yeah. Um, but it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, uh, one thing I've, I've observed, I think throughout, you know, so, so for, for those who don't know, we've, you know, I've been with, uh, I've been with Ryan for 15 years about half your a, life. Yeah. I was a kid who walked into audition to play guitar yep. and, uh, and here I am 15 years later. Yeah. And, uh, but one thing I've always observed is, um, you've always been, uh, you've always really been super, two things, super curious. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> even when, you know, our dream was to take over the world as, mm-hmm. as the Ryan Hughley worship extravaganza. Yeah. Worship extravaganza. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, it was going to be amazing. Yeah. We didn't get around to trademarking the name. No. So that's how I bet, that I bet it's something tells me that name's still available. <laughs> 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 Probably. I think trademarking is the least of our worries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the foolishness behind the idea was the, the, But anyway, one thing I've always, always seen is a curiosity, um, and a desire to learn. Uh, it seems like the curiosity has been kind of the fire behind a lot of the learning that, Mm -hmm. that, that I've witnessed for years now. And so, uh, is that a little bit of, of kind of where the idea for in the room came from kind of, how did that, how did, yeah, the idea for this podcast, uh, come about? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I, I love listening to long form conversational interview style podcasts. 
And so I really have enjoyed off camera with Sam Jones yep. or Mark Marin's podcast or the nerdist. And so I had these group of podcasts that I really liked and they were interviewing comedians and actors and musicians. And I wanted something like that with pastors, Christian authors, you know, something yeah. more in that would feed my faith, would help fuel my ministry. And honestly, I couldn't find anything other than sermon podcasts. Mm-hmm. There's a handful of Christian leadership podcasts that are good, but just very different than what I was looking for. And so in that, I I had a a personal desire and need and also saw an opportunity, a gap to be filled because there there, there still is not very much of that. And so decided that, um, you know, why not just kind of step in and and start to have these conversations? The second thing was um, I I started to see that while some of these authors are, are pastors, you know, everybody's busy Mm -hmm. while they may not have 30 minutes to an hour that they're willing to just talk to me on the phone. Yeah. If I, I frame it as a podcast, that's going to be shared with more people than just me. They became much more accessible. Yeah. And so it's been a great, great blessing for me to be able to learn from a diverse group of people. Yeah. You've always been good at asking things in the right way. Oh, good. <laughs> to yeah. where people are like, sure, I'll give you an hour yeah. to, to kind of talk with you. As long as you share it with some other people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what was, uh, what was your goal and, and, and you know, what, what is your goal with the podcast? Um, obviously I know it's not just to, I just want to talk with, with people and, yeah. and just that I know there's kind of more of a, uh, a goal behind it. So sure. yeah. What's that been? And there's a couple things. I think one is what you mentioned a, a few minutes ago. It's, it was a very selfish endeavor. Um, it, I mean, my end game was, I, I really wanted to have access to and to learn from people. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to be able to have those conversations. The podcast made that possible. Like I said, um, I also have a, a, a personal desire to continue to write in the future at mm-hmm. some point. Um, you know, I, I want to tackle the challenge of writing a book. And so this has given me access to talk to a lot of writers about yeah. their process, but also to help me. I know the, the, the whole platform idea, uh, there's mixed opinion about that. Sure. The bottom line is if, if you're going to write in this day and age, you have to bring some amount of existing readership to the table. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. And so this has been an avenue for me to, <clears throat> you know, build some of that. And then thirdly, I think there was something, and this is probably the deepest thing. There was something when I look at the landscape of our current evangelical culture that I wanted to to try to model Mm -hmm. to at least the few number of people that would pay attention. Uh, I, I see a lot of, of talking about people that we disagree with and not very much talking to them. Um, and and not even, not even people necessarily that we disagree with that. We just might be different then. Sure. And so a big part of what I wanted to do was to talk to a diverse group of people, ethnically, um, theologically, um, vocationally and learn from them. I really believe even if, even if I violently disagree with someone on a critical issue, uh, I think humility says we still have something to learn from them. And so I wanted to try to model conversation with a diverse group of people. Mm -hmm. And so I haven't agreed with every book that I've read. I, I don't think I've agreed with everything in any book that I've read. Yeah. And, uh, I still have learned so much, yeah. uh, through the process. Yeah. And one thing too, I think that, that probably has, uh, prepared you to be able to, um, 
to be the guy to talk with a a diverse group of people is the fact that you've had a pretty, uh, pretty diverse church experience Yeah, and you've kind of, you know, I mean, you can, you can tell. Yeah. When when my parents got married, my dad was seventh day Adventist Mm -hmm. and my mom was, don't you have to wear a bonnet? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I think that's something I, else. I apologize if you're a Seventh Day. <laughs> you just defended all the se- the the huge following of Seventh Day Adventists that in the yeah. room has. You're not getting invited to that conference. Yeah, probably not. Um, <clears throat> so my mom was. I mean, I remember going to both a Methodist church and like an Assemblies of God church. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not familiar with denominations, all three of those are very, very different. It's like you you went to Chuck E. Cheese and then the library. Yeah, exactly. They're just polar opposites. And then, um, you know, so kind of grew up in some more Pentecostal charismatic churches, um, worked for a season of time in a seeker sensitive church and, and through all of this, honestly, and, and I'm, I have convictions that are very different than all of those now. Yeah. Um, and I formed the convictions that I have now biblically through that. Mm-hmm. But what I, I think what that's done for me is it's made me very empathetic toward people that even now I, I disagree with Yeah. because <clears throat> These people's aren't, these people aren't caricatures that, uh, and straw men that Mm -hmm. I've drawn up. I have actual faces. I know people that are actually live in those tribes that genuinely love Jesus, genuinely do read their Bibles are actually Christians and differ with me. Right. And I believe that we'll spend eternity together with Jesus. And, uh, I think they're wrong about some things, but I still love them and I still want to do life with them. And I have a lot, a lot to learn from them. Yeah. And you've, you've put a, a priority, um, over, you put a priority to relationship. And, yeah. and I think that that, and I've seen that really at redemption too, as people have come from a different, from different church backgrounds from all over the spectrum, yeah. they've been able to connect with you because, um, because you, you have a, an appreciation for, you know, all the different backgrounds people can come from and, and, and see that there is some good in, in all of them. And yeah. there's some things that, you know, can probably stand to improve. But. Yeah. I think at one point, probably even as few as <clears throat> 10 years ago, I really, I, I thought you either had to choose conviction over community mm-hmm. or community over conviction. Yeah. And I refuse to live in that world now. Yeah. I think I want to be really clear on what are opened hand issues and what are closed handed issues. Sure. You know, um, but, uh, these secondary issues that we tend to really fight and divide about, I don't think that that should have anything to do with my ability to, to, to live in community and have relationship yeah. with, uh, with people that I believe differently about that. Yeah. I think one of the things too, that, uh, I've both been able to observe, uh, as I, edit and, and listen to the podcast myself, but then also, which just, if people don't know, you've spent far more time working on in the room than I have. I have. And I think it's really important that people know that <laughs> you've listened to like every episode four times. You put a lot yeah. of hours into the editing and engineering. So we all appreciate that. Uh, oh, I appreciate Sorry. that. Continue. No, I am amazing. You are. That's what I was saying. It's yeah. A big idea. Thanks you for, thank you for summarizing that. And if you're listening to this and can't understand my sarcasm, it was, that was complete sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that I think has made it, um, high quality and, uh, so enjoyable for me and we've, you know, gotten great feedback from people. But one of the things is that 
it was like, uh, like you said, kind of a selfish endeavor. I think that's one way to frame it. I think another way to frame it is just like you were super interested and mm-hmm. curious for yourself and mm-hmm. that drove it. Mm-hmm. Cause I think about, um, podcasts that I listen to as well. Like, so off camera, um, Mark Barron, all those, like they, at their core, they just really want to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And I know we started this and whether it was like we had 10 people or a thousand or, you know, who, whoever listened to it, it was like, yeah, I just really want to do this. Yeah. And I think that that's come across, um, and made it, you know, hopefully a really enjoyable podcast to listen to. I hope so. Yeah. As you think about, um, all of the episodes that we've had, which what is it in the 50s? 50, I think 50, yeah. 51, something yeah. like that. So as you think about them, does anything stick out to you? Anything that you're like, man, I, this, this guest was whether it was surprising or it was like, man, this person, um, you know, I learned this or yeah. Anything, anything stick hmm. out as you think about all the people that, that we've been able to have on the, the show. Yeah, I think honestly, one of the things that surprised me, and this just might be due to my own ignorance, but I have found, <clears throat> I think that I had a, a perception going in that if I were to have a conversation with a professor, mm-hmm. that it would have been a drier conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and um, which uh, probably shows my own prejudice and bias, apparently, that's based on nothing. <laughs> but I think one of the things that has surprised me is that I think the five, six, seven, you know, men that I've interviewed that serve as professors in seminaries mm-hmm. have been the five, six, seven of my favorite episodes yeah. because of how well they know their subject matter. Yeah. I found them to be so humble and so genuine and encouraging yeah. and perceptive and, and with a very high level of just personal spiritual vitality and piety that they really, um, are, are regularly communing with God. Mm -hmm. And I just think that again, the caricature of a, of a seminary is a lot of the time has just been that it's a, you know, dry and it, I, I, so I don't know. It was just that, that is something that, that really surprised me. And then the other thing has been just that everyone that I've talked to, um, again, regardless of whether or not I agree with them on everything, um, I just, I really believe that, that every person I've talked to is laboring for the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. to help people meet Jesus. And, um, I've been really encouraged by that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we went to, uh, Dr. Van Hooser's uh, office to, uh, interview him and, just incredibly warm, welcoming. Um, and I know what, what came across, obviously he's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, but what came across that I walked away from was just, man, he just loves Jesus totally. And he loves the church and he loves pastors. And, uh, and that's a lot of the fuel behind what he's doing. And, uh, and yeah, if you would have asked me, you know, months before whatever it was, yeah, high, super smart, a lot of academic you know, mm-hmm. ventures, but, um, but yeah, that was definitely, none of them. Everything. I was really like, none of them made me feel stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which might've been my own insecurity going into it, yeah. but I just, I walked away feeling like, wow, this, this, this person did such a good job mm-hmm. of helping me understand, I think in just normal human speak and nomenclature, yeah. normal language. I, I, I don't know. I was just, th- those have been some of my favorite conversations by yeah. far. It's awesome. Um, is there anybody that you would love to have on that you haven't yet? 
Yeah, there's definitely a lot of people. I still haven't, I mean, I've got people that I really admire. I, I think that, um, you know, the Rick Warrens and Bill Hybels of the world, yeah. uh, who are really pioneers in what has become modern church planting. Yeah. You know, I'd love to talk to some guys like that. I know how, those guys did it when it wasn't a thing. Yeah. It wasn't do. cool yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there are, uh, I, I find, uh, Stephen Furtick to be just a very, very intriguing mm-hmm. uh, guy. I'd love to talk to him. Their story is amazing. And, um, let's see who else I've, I haven't had the opportunity yet to talk to Darren Patrick down at the journey in St. Louis. So I'd love to talk to him, yeah. Craig Rochelle. Um, and then, you know, I've had a great relationship with Crossway and Tyndale, uh, yeah. publishers, and they just continue to put out you know, great books. Mm -hmm. And so every month there's books coming out of authors that I want to talk to. There's some people I'd like to talk to again, frankly. And, um, so yeah, I've got a long list in Evernote of people I'd still like to connect with. We should see if we can get the Pope on. The Pope, I think that would be, I think that would really help the download numbers. The Pope, he's yeah. a pretty big deal. I don't know if he has Skype though. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he has. I bet you, yeah, I mean, the Vatican's like his he's own got, country. I bet he has Skype, Skype. right? Yeah. You're the Pope. I would think. Yeah. I feel like you have every tech, tech, technological, you know, You'd hope advance so. at your fingertips. He should have an actual hoverboard. When you have a mobile, like the Pope mobile. That's true. I feel like he has Skype. You should probably have Skype. Yeah. It's well, a free app. We'll look into that. Yeah. If anyone knows the Pope. And can put in a good word. <laughs> Email Scott at redemptionbc.org. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit, uh, you know, I'm sure people who follow you, whether on social media or through the podcast or, or whatever, are aware that, uh, you know, you're, you're embarking on a new adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, just tell me a little bit about, about that. Tell me what led to this. Um, yeah. And then a little bit about you know, you stepping out in faith and and what's ahead for you guys. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, for people that don't know, we're recording this on a Tuesday and, uh, just last Sunday, two days ago, I announced my resignation at redemption, the church that I planted with you, uh, seven years ago. And it is, uh, by far been the most difficult decision that I've ever made. I still, um, I didn't know that I could be so sad mm-hmm. and so excited about the future at the same time. Yeah. It's a, I, I just, it, it just feels very weird. I feel like, um, and certain, right. That, like, and certain God's doing, yeah. God's leading in this. Yeah. Way, I think but. one of the things I said in my, when I was telling the church on Sunday was, you know, certainty doesn't help you feel any less sad. I'm certain of God's leading in the decision, but it's been a difficult and sad decision. I feel like I'm giving away one of my kids, Mm. you know, and, and if anyone that's ever founded a church in particular will understand what that feels like. But the decision, um, you know, was largely fueled by two things was just one as I've been, just looking at redemption over the past year, really, mm-hmm. and where we are as a church family. Um, you know, my my goal, I had a really clear fi- five-year vision, mm-hmm. which was to lay a foundation that could be reproduced. Infrastructure, biblical eldership, um, systems and processes, all of those things, a healthy functioning church. And, um, we did that by God's grace. I'm very, I'm very proud of what God's done here and humbled and amazed at the team that he's built. And honestly kind of looked at the whole thing and, and decided, you know what, I don't think this thing needs me 
in the way that it did initially. Yeah. And, um, and so that's kind of what started this stirring in Tam and I, as we talked about, you know, maybe it's time for us to set out on a new adventure, Yeah. even though we never, I never planned to leave redemption. I've said publicly from the beginning, my heart, my goal, my intention is to pastor this church for the rest of my life. Right. And, uh, I don't know how to explain it other than just, I think God's plan was different than that. And that started to change. So that was going on in us. And then also when we, when I looked at the leadership that God had raised up here, we have an elder here named Ashley, her, who we'd had conversations with about sending out to plant the church. And so as I looked at, um, where I was, where he was, where the church was, um, I just started to see in God's providence that he had, I think, positioned Ash to be able to step up mm-hmm. and to lead the church into the next season and for me to be able to transition into something new. Yeah. And that something new is... Um, we are still in, we're in the final phases of pursuing moving to Hickory, North Carolina, um, where I'm hoping to become the senior pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Hickory. Um, and just kind of where the process is at right now, um, this is going to, and the week that this goes live, um, I'll be flying to Hickory to preach for the very first time. Mm-hmm. It's an elder led church. And, um, which means that the congregation doesn't like vote on the senior pastor the way that, um, that you wouldn't like a congregational church, but the buy-in and the feedback and the affirmation of the congregation is very, very important in the process. And so I'm going out there to preach to, to, um, meet as many people as I can. Tam and the kids are coming out. We're going to do a bunch of Q and a, the church has had time to listen to a bunch of my past preaching to submit questions. And so Lord willing, that is all going to go really well. If yeah. not, um, anyone out there that needs a pastor, <laughs> I might need a job. Uh, but no, I mean, we've really, we've, we've spent a lot of time praying and talking with the elders and, um, we really see God's hand in it, but I want to, you know, be transparent about the fact that it's not a done deal yeah. until, you know, after, you know, this weekend and Lord willing, that'll go great. Yeah. And, uh, so that would put us in a position where about a week later, uh, we'll be moving out to North Carolina to try to be in position and on the ground and, and, and at work by Easter Sunday. Yeah. You know, one thing that, uh, one thing that I've, I've observed, I know we've, we've heard a lot from our church since Pat, since this past Sunday. Um, but it's just your willingness to step out in faith. And I think your willingness to listen to God. And when I look at, the last 15 years too. I mean, from, uh, from the beginning you've had that and your personal comfort and, uh, security has always taken a back seat to like, what's God asking me to do and mm-hmm. where, where's God leading me. And, uh, and that's true with this as well. And I know our church has been, um, obviously we're, we're sad, mm-hmm. um, because we love you guys tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the, in the midst of that, a lot, I know myself, a lot of people, uh, have also been really challenged to, mm-hmm. to, to examine our lives and to go, so are we at a place where we're like, whatever God wants and yeah. whatever God says and wherever God leads, like that's where we're going. And, uh, so yeah, I, th- I think it's been, um, obviously we've talked a lot about it, mm-hmm. um, for a while now, yeah. but what's been clear is, uh, it, it, what's been driving it is not, you know, 
oh, I just want a new thing or I mm-hmm. just want change or this or that. But it's been like, really, really feel like this is where God's leading. Yeah. And, uh, I know that's how redemption started. Yeah. And, uh, and I know that that's going to be you know yeah. true for you as, as the years go on. But. Yeah. I, that's very sweet of you to say. I appreciate that. I don't think, um, I definitely, I'm, I'm more in, uh, in tune with my inner dialogue and my, sure. my fears. And so I think that the, dis- it, it, I think I, it looks like a lot more courage than it actually feels. Yeah. It hasn't been easy. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. But one thing, you know, that's been really, I've really had to wrestle with these last six months is, and, and, and landed on is as I was just thinking through just this sort of constant survey of God's people in the Bible, Mm -hmm. I started to see what a critical characteristic courage is to the Christian life. And, um, and a lot of people, I mean, I was sharing with Tammy on Sunday, how surprised I was at the number of people that came up after the announcement and were just, you know, just so, you know, we're, we're thankful, uh, instructed, inspired by the courage to step out in faith again. Yeah. And, uh, I was just telling Tam, I was, I just hadn't anticipated that, you know? Um, and she just said, you know what? I just, a lot of people just don't do anything. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people talk about doing things and, and don't really do things. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that for this, for 2015, I think that Tam and I had a lot of little mini adventures mm-hmm. that we did some things that, that were fear provoking for us yeah. and required a little bit of courage and nothing to the extent that this has. Um, but I don't know, that's been a really formative thing for Tam and I over the last year and something we really want to model for our kids yeah. and that, you know, did want to model for the church mm-hmm. of, of it. It takes courage to, to answer the call of Christ because he sure. rarely calls us to things that are comfortable. Yeah. And it, and it takes courage too to live a, an interesting life. Yeah. I mean, I know that, I know that your goal in moving isn't cause I just want to, I want to be interesting. I want to be interesting. Yeah. Why don't I quit my job and uproot my family? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I know that for, uh, years you and I have talked about just the desire for, uh, like, I, I don't want to get to the end of my life and just have that, that sinking feeling of, I didn't do these things that that I wanted to, that yeah. I felt like I should, that I had some dreams regarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it really does take courage and courage, courage for sure. Isn't the, um, absence of difficulty, right. but it's just the willingness to push through and do yeah. it anyway. Yeah. So. yeah. We've had to spend a lot. I mean, I think that if your prayer life is struggling, um, do something that scares you Yeah, really helps. I think we've had to really pray a lot through this. Uh, I've just, I mean, I've had so many days I woke up this morning going, God, I, I can't do the things I need to do today without your help. Yeah. And, uh, so it has really put us in a position of being far more dependent on God than yeah. we felt you know, prior and that's good for us. Yeah. Well, um, so in the midst of this transition, um, so what does, as you think about in the room, uh, what does the future look like, uh, for this podcast and, and what are your thoughts about that? Well, one thing I've really learned in the last year is to not make really bold assertions about what the future is going to hold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, but kind of the James four, I would say if the Lord wills, yeah. my intention is to continue the podcast. I for sure need to get through. I mean, even the reason that we, we've not had very many, any, uh, not very many, any episodes, yeah. I think in 2016 has just been, cause we've been trying to sort through all this yeah. and, uh, our family's headed into a really, um, crazy couple of months. 
so I need to get through this transition. And as I've already said, get a job yep. and, uh, and then priority get, number one, exactly priority <laughs> number one. And, uh, and then get settled into, you know, what those new rhythms are going to be. Yeah. But my hope would be, um, you know, to continue this, I do have a long list of people I still want to talk to. Yeah. It's good for me. This has forced me to on average, I've talked to a lot of authors, so it's kind of forced me to, you know, get through a book a week, yeah. you know, at least in a skimming fashion to be able to discuss it. And that's just good for my soul and my development. So I really want to continue doing it. And I have every intention to do that. It's just going to take a a little bit of time. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that, uh, yeah, people, people have that, that hope that you continue as well, just because, um, I think it has been really fruitful and it's been enjoyable and it is, there's just, isn't anything like it. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun to, yeah. to go from, you know, sitting and talking about, uh, this idea to now, you know, recording episode yeah. number 50 something. So. Yeah. Well, I definitely feel like, I don't know if I've had an opportunity to say it on the, on the podcast before, but I feel a deep sense of gratitude to Matt Chandler mm-hmm. for his willingness to do the first episode. Yeah. Um, cause obviously having someone with as much of an, of following as he does, mm-hmm. you know, be willing to like, we've done no episodes. I did such a poor job <laughs> with the conversation. It was like well, this awkward little room. I think I, we were eating Chick-fil-A at the time. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Uh, and I'm telling you this for the first time yeah. on the podcast. Okay. Live. This is a live confession. Okay, good. I think I forgot to turn his mic on. <laughs> <laughs> so when you listen to it, you're like, oh, this sounds really weird. It's like in like a big boomy room. It's because I spent like three hours trying to like <laughs> edit together this thing that was like, like you could kind of listen to <laughs> That is so, awesome. Uh, too, if if Pastor Matt listens to this, I want to apologize. Formally apologize. Um, formally Sorry apologize. about that. We're enough episodes in. Uh, like it's it's happened long enough ago. Yeah, you know what I mean. Good. Like I feel like I can tell. Yeah, you. and I feel like live uh, as we're recording. That's good. I, I feel good you. about that. Yeah, uh, so. but no, I mean. <laughs> we, we got such a great initial pop because of just his yeah, willingness to do it. For sure. And then, you know, tweet about it was just, I mean, that was really an, an exceptional start. So I'm super thankful to him and, uh, and really every single I've learned, I can, I think the thing I'm the most grateful for is there's no one that I've talked to in the last year that I have not learned something significant from. Yeah. And so I'm just really grateful for personally for the, for the opportunity that it's been and what I hope will continue to be good. Well, as you think about everything, all all the episodes, all the people that you've had on, what is, um, what's one thing that you hope people have learned, um, from in the room? Yeah, my, I, I think just that, you have something to learn from everyone Mm. and, and, and you should dialogue and have conversation with people that you're different than. Um, I think that, you know, kind of shooting, shooting people via social media and like, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not super into that. Um, 
So I'm not, I think that we have to contend for the truth. We have to hold the line on critical theological issues. I think all of those things are true, but I think that, um, as uncomfortable as it might make us, Jesus did not say that, that people would know we are his disciples by how perfect and buttoned up our doctrine was, yeah. but by the way that we love each other. And I'm not some like hippy dippy, like we just need to love each other and doctrine does. I'm not that guy. Right. Um, but I also don't want to be like perfect buttoned up doctrine guy who like doesn't like people. Right. <laughs> so I think the thing that I, I, I hope the most is that we would talk to one another, that we would learn from one another and that more than anything, just that we would choose humility, yeah. which I think is, is at the heart of, of all of that. So that's the number one thing I hope that people walk away with. Yeah. Well, I think you've modeled that well. Um, Thanks. And I think that, uh, Especially in the age that we live in, social media, and uh, and how easy it is to uh, to tweet something, to leave a comment, to whatever it is, to kind of um, you know take a shot at somebody. It's especially needed uh, just to model um, how we handle relationship well mm-hmm. and uh, with people we know, with people we don't know, yeah. and how we engage with things that we just might. Uh, disagree with or might have some question about and kind of wonder. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank Thank you for doing these. I know that it's been uh, a lot of work for you, but uh, more work for you. A lot more work. (laughs) (laughs) Sarcasm again. Uh, But no, thank you. It's been, yeah, it's been awesome. And, uh, and I agree, you know, I, I hope along with you that, that this continues and that we, you know, get to continue to, to hear from more people, learn from more people and, uh, and keep doing these. Good. Thanks buddy. Love you. All right. Love you. Love you so much. I love you. You know. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. To stay up to date on my transition and upcoming episodes of In the Room, make sure you stop by my blog at ryanhugley.com for all the ways that you and I can stay connected via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll also find any additional show notes that you may want from today's episode. I count it an honor to learn with you. I love you, and thanks for listening.